Okay, um, so you can turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. We're getting to the end here, okay? I mean, we started the first week of January. We're talking about follow me, right? The coolest words I think Jesus probably ever said in Matthew 4. He says, hey, come and follow me, all right? And, and can you imagine being with him how many times he uttered those words to people? Hey, follow me. Hey, come on, follow me. Hey, come on, come follow me, all right? Here's what ends up happening, though, I think that we all agree on, that we've learned slowly but surely, is, is there is something inside of all of us that still, that can very easily picture Jesus as, well, no, he came down, and then he came down to establish, like, Sunday church. That's, that's really boring, and it's not, you know, none of the songs we sing, it doesn't matter how contemporary they are, are not going to be, like, on uh, top 40 R&B charts or country. Or, or whatever you want, okay? They're, they're just not going to be. I mean, there's, but sometimes we think, no, no, Jesus came down to establish this kind of institution that's just meant to make us feel bad all the time and always feel like we aren't measuring up and always make us feel like you just, and, and so what ends up happening is, is there really can be kind of two groups of people oftentimes is I'm either going to bite my tongue and just endure this because I want to go to heaven or it's like, no, 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 I completely reject that wholeheartedly, okay? And what we're learning as we follow Jesus is, is he didn't come here and go, I'm going to establish this institution to bother you for the rest of your lives. I actually want you to come and follow me. Like, I want you to come and, and, and follow and look. And even though physically he's not with us now, we can read in his gospels to see how did he treat people. But I think that's what we're learning more than anything is, is how we treat people might be the most important thing about who we are as disciples. Okay, and that doesn't mean like, let me be very clear. Okay, I think sometimes what can happen is we can think, well, I'm going to love people and it's our definition of love. But Jesus never said to just love people. He says, as I have loved you, because that's very different. You may be a loving person, but it's not the way Jesus loved. See, that's, that's different. I mean, because the way I like to love tends to be very comfortable for me. Okay, and, it's, and so I can really fool myself, even when you're a really good person, and you might be a really benevolent person, a philanthropic person, and you're like, but the love you may be showing to people is just your love. It's not Jesus' love. And that's what he said. And hopefully, if there's one thing that gets anchored into our hearts is that singular kind of command of Jesus, love one another, but not just to love one another as he has loved me, right? As he has loved you. All right, and, and if there was one exercise that we did on a regular basis, it would be like going down the list and really taking uh, maybe some, uh, some notice of how has Jesus loved me? How, how has he? I mean, he's let us all off the hook a number of times. He's extended amazing amounts of grace. He's extended, has he, in, in all of his grace and all of his like rope that he's given us and all the times that he hasn't put us in the doghouse, did that mean he was saying, well, sin's okay? Did he ever say that? He never said that. And so sometimes we kind of balk at this idea of I'm not showing grace to anyone else because they're going to think I'm okay with their sin. I'm going, hold on a minute. Jesus didn't love me that way. Jesus was very clear that, hey, no, 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 no. Keep following me. Come on, man. I mean, if, if you were at work and you had some intern behind you, you'd be like, come on. I, yeah, I know you don't get this yet, but come with me. And I'm going to extend grace to you, but that doesn't mean you can break the company rules. Right, because, you know, let's say Jacob starts a BMW and he makes a mistake and, and, and he's like, man, if I let Jacob, if I don't fire him, he's going to think that what he did was okay. 
Really? How did we get to that point in life where it's this such extreme measures and we see Jesus all the time going, no, 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 no. What? Here's the deal with sin. Sin is anti-love. Like there's no sin you can do that you can ever convince yourself you've loved someone. Okay. And so he's going, hold on. Here's what I don't want you to do. And, and it, you're not going to do it perfect, but follow me. And I'm going to teach you. And, and that's awesome. I mean, that really takes the pressure off. Okay. But, that, but for us, right? I mean, hopefully we're all serious about going, hold on, as he's loved me, so I'll love others, as he's loved me, okay? So we're getting to this place right now in Matthew 26, and um, he's sitting down. There's a lot happening in Matthew 26. I mean, this is getting real right here. And, and, and by the way, this is kind of a side note, but it fits in a little bit, but I think everybody knows, you know, Sarah and Ben had their baby, right? Little Rory was born. That child is a big child. But let me tell you, for a baby, there is nothing better than rolls and cheeks and all that kind of stuff. That and there, boy, I'll tell you, that is a roly-poly right there, man. I love that, okay? It's a snuggly little baby, okay? Yeah, isn't it? It is healthy. That is, she is healthy, yes. Um, but anyway, so be praying for them. They're doing awesome, by the way. I mean, I, I told them the other day, we were over, and, and I said, you guys are 50 times more relaxed than, than I was when I brought our first child home. I mean, I was like wound like piano wire, man. I mean, I was tense. And they're good. They're relaxed, and the baby's relaxed, and that's awesome. So um, be praying for them. But there was a time in the past week when the, the idea of I'm going to have a baby one day became very real, okay? And, 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 and you know, that if you've had children, you know, you realize that, hold on, there's that moment when it's like, oh, it's happening now. Like, there's no turning back. Like, like Ben said, he goes, I knew when we were driving to the hospital, we would not be leaving without bringing our child home. Like, it's de- different, you know? And we're, th- we're at this place right now in Jesus' whole story on earth where he's been telling them actually for a little bit that, guys, I've, I'm going to die. Like my, my ultimate plan, remember we saw that in Matthew 16. Um, if you ever have trouble remembering that, it's that really famous section when Jesus asked the guys, who do you say I am? Okay, you guys remember that. He's, who do you say I am? That's the same section that he actually tells them, now I've got to go and die. Like, I'm going to tell you guys something really sad about what's going to happen, but it's really great news. But I'm letting you in. He let his guys in on it at that moment. Well, now it's kind of real. It's like we're there at that moment in time. They're in Jerusalem. It's the Passover. They're, they're bringing everybody together, okay? And, and, he's, and he's like, no, no, this is happening, like, right now. And there is such an important principle to be learned, but I want us to read this, okay? And I want you to think what it would be like to be amongst Jesus, at this moment. Like, what would it be like to be at that meal with Jesus? To, to sit there, and there's the apostles, and there's Jesus, and, and something's brewing, something's happening, okay? And let's pick this up here in Matthew chapter 26. We're going to start in verse 26, okay? As they were eating, Jesus took bread, he blessed it, And he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take this and eat it. This is my body. He then took a cup and gave thanks and he gave it to them. And he said, drink from it, all of you, because this is the blood of my covenant. And this covenant is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you from this moment, I won't drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it in a new way in my father's kingdom with you. Then after singing Psalms, they went out. To the Mount of Olives. And so they're eating here. Uh, and, and again, you, you got to love Jesus as a teacher, right? I mean, isn't that great? I mean, sometimes we have, 
like sacramentized communion so much that we're like, that, that he stood up with this like perfectly round loaf and he's like, this is my body, you know, but he's, he's sitting there and there's bread and there's wine and he's like, hey, let me just remind you guys of this. I mean, wouldn't this be great? He goes, see this bread right here? And he breaks it. He goes, that's my body. And, and he teaches his whole story in one little illustration. He says, this is broken. Like my body's about to be broken, but I need to be in you. Like, I want you to share this with me because who I am needs to be in you. I'm not just your friend anymore. Like, there's a distinct difference in our relationship that's going to happen, okay? And we know that. It's really cool. In the Gospel of John, chapter 6, he actually taught that lesson, right? He said, I'm the bread of life, okay? And so he tells us how our relationship should be with him. And we could really stop right there, I think, and go, hold on a minute. Is Jesus my nourishment? Is Jesus who I go to to really for energy and life and and if you're anything like me that's really hard because everything I'm exposed to says that I need to be strong enough and everything I'm exposed to says if I can't handle it on my own then I'm not strong or I'm, I'm weak or you know whatever all right but he says this right here at the table if you were there and he said if, if we could have been there and he goes, this is going to be broken. Now share this with me. And this, and this fruit of the vine, this wine right here, I want you to drink it because I, this is how close we're going to be. I need to be in you completely because my blood is going to wash over your sins continually, which is really pretty cool that it isn't. Wouldn't it be horrible if Jesus said, no, 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 my, my covenant that I established with you, the blood that I shed, it'll work only when you're being really good. Wouldn't that be great? Only when you're doing awesome then the blood of Jesus is going to be what you need. That's a, generally when we're at our best. You know, when do you need forgiveness? When do you really need forgiveness? At your worst. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the coolest story that Jesus is saying because he's going, hey, listen, I'm going to do something. I'm going to be in you because at your worst, you're going to need me. At your most embarrassing moment at your most desperate hour, when you think you can't look me in the eye. That's what he told them right there. That's the story he told them with bread and wine. Okay? Would that be incredible? You'd be like, okay, this is fantastic, okay? And then they went off and they sang psalms uh, to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus said, you know, who knows? Was he there at the Mount of Olives? Were they on the way? But Jesus walking. Can you imagine walking, just hanging out with Jesus? And he says, tonight, all of you will run away because of me. He says, y'all are leaving me. How would you love for Jesus to say that about you? He says, you you know what, by the way, today, they're like, no, 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 tonight. (laughs) I know we had a great meal. I know I pledged my love to you and this covenant and all these things, but, but you're going to leave me. Okay. And it says, as it's written, I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been resurrected, I will go ahead, to, uh, go ahead of you to Galilee. Okay. This is what's awesome again of Jesus. He tells them what will happen in the future. He says, hold on a minute. Like, relax. Remember we talked about that? Like, when you're panicking, you're at your worst. Okay. And, and right now you can imagine, whoa, we're, who's, what, who's going to be leaving? I'm not, are you? Oh, my goodness, somebody's betraying Jesus going, like, chill, hold on a minute. I'm going to be resurrected, and I'm going to meet you in Galilee. Right, chill out. <laughs> I don't know if Jesus used those words in the Greek, but they, he should have, okay? And Peter said, and I think we all would love to be Peter, and some of us would jump up and even say, 
Even if I'm to die with you, I will not. I will not just leave you alone. I won't abandon you. I won't deny you, okay? And then we know what happens with, with Peter. I mean, it's great. There's, there's the side of it of when you get all emotionally hyped, of like, I will always, you know, it's, it, you know, you ever done that? You leave a retreat or a conference or something? I will never sin again because of that one talk. It was so awesome. And, and then like an hour later or, or the next morning, you're like, dang, it's hard to get up out of bed, you know? <laughs> this is Peter, okay? This is us. I mean, I think we, 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 we get that, right? I mean, Peter just had a great conference with Jesus. That's heresy right there. <laughs> he went to the conference with Jesus. Okay. Verse 36, though, and here's where I want us to really zero in on this, okay? Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the, the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Okay, this really was like a garden. I mean, I would encourage you to go to Google. It's okay to do that because this place exists today. Gethsemane exists. You can go to Google Images, and you can see what this looked like, okay? It's like trees, you know, it's a garden, but, you know, it's not like just a straight shot of, like, small shrubbery and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's a big place full of big trees and olive trees and all that kind of stuff. And he says, so they're walking through. He says, sit here while I go over there and pray. Let me ask you something. What does that say right there, that one statement for Jesus to go, wait here while I go pray? Tell me what you thought of just now. Sit here while I go. Jesus says, Jacob, you sit right there. I'm going to pray. For me, I'd be thinking, dang, he's like actually about to go start doing this ministry thing by himself. Like there's something he's about to do that we're not going to be with him. Yeah, you're going, oh man, okay. Anything else come to mind? He actually prayed, right? You're going, really? Jesus? Yeah. I mean, this is the idea right here where Jesus is going, hold on a minute. I'm not playing my God card. I, I'm not. He could have. He could have gone, no, 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 no. Right here, I, I now exalt myself as God, and I, and I exempt myself from all pain and suffering and fear and all that kind of stuff. He says, I'm not doing that. Why? Because he needed to know exactly what we were going to go through. He had to con- we had to know that there wasn't anything that he asked us to go through that he didn't go through. Nothing. Okay, and so he goes there. I'm going to pray. And here's taking along Peter and two sons of Zebedee. He was sorrowful. He was distressed. And this is what he prayed. He said, my soul is swallowed up in sorrow to the point of death. I mean, he tells the guys, my soul is swallowed up in sorrow to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he fell face down and prayed. My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Like, that's that right there, okay? This is the culmination of his ministry. This, is, this says so much about Jesus because he's going, hold on a minute, I'm really scared. Like, I knew that it was coming to this moment. I knew that it was coming to this place in time. I knew this was going to happen. Why would Jesus ever think that God may have plan B? What in the history of Israel ever made him think that God would go, okay, you went far enough, I've got another plan? Do you remember if that ever happened? Yes, it did happen, right? Abraham and Isaac. He was like, okay, you went far enough. Can you imagine? It? Wouldn't that be amazing if Jesus going, hold on a minute, God, you've done this before. <laughs> like you've brought him to the brink. And then it's like, please, if there's like a ram somewhere in the thicket, like is there somewhere? But here's the one little thing that I want us to like jam right into our heart, okay? Is this is what Jesus said. He goes, not what you want, not what I want, but what you want. Like this is hard. Like, there's no way around it. There's no, there's no sermon that you can preach to make this any easier. 
Like this is the core heart of a disciple. This is he, everything is culminated in what not what I want. And what's interesting is, is this whole chapter really tells a story of people wrestling with the will of God. Right? You have Judas wrestling. You know, Judas even said to Jesus, he's like, uh, are you talking about me? Like Judas is wrestling. The apostles are wrestling. Is he, is he, we're betraying him? No, I'm not going to betray. I mean, there's this wrestling match going on for the will of God. All right. But there's a distinct difference. Jesus says this, not what I want, but what you want. What Judas said is not what you want, but what I want. Do you think we could ever pray that way? No, 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 no. God, not what you want, what I want. Like, no, 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 no. You don't want that, God. What I want. Right. I think this sneaks in. Like, very, it can sneak into us where we're going, no, 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 no. God, certainly you wouldn't want me to do this. Because what God wants is the prosperity of all of our lives on earth. All the material blessings, all things to go well, no disease. No, that was the purpose of Jesus, right? Certainly nothing that would be hard to go through could be the will of God. That's what we can. No, 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 no. Not what you want, God, what I want. Okay, that's the that's the polar opposite. Okay, you guys are in a plate. I mean, a lot of the college. We'll talk more about this as the college students come in. But this really gets challenged. Like pre-marriage, dating, like finding the one, right? It gets challenged because we think the minute we like someone, that's what God's will is. (laughs) Right? Like, like, oh, of course, he wouldn't have made me feel this way. (laughs) Really? Like, okay, I've been there. Believe me. You know, I mean, where you're going, "Uh, certainly, okay. I like this person. And, and, and for me, the standard was, listen, I, but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not even going to talk about that. That's another, that's a whole nother thing, okay? But, but here's the deal. Sometimes it can, okay, because I feel this way, God, therefore, that's what you want, and that's what I want. Have you ever considered that God may go, that's not what I want? That's not what I want at all. What? Now, if you're married, too late. I saw Lindsay. She's like, hmm, very interesting. <laughs> this is a new teaching. <laughs> is there a way out? Okay. Uh, but, but so the thing about that is, though, is, is, is anything, okay? Think about this. Um, I, like I've shared with you guys before, uh, I got my degree in sports medicine, went, and let's say, like, my goal was to go to the NFL, to work with an NFL team, all right? Um, so let's say the, at that time the St. Louis Rams says, hey, come here, work with us. You know what's really easy for me to do? Go, that's what God wanted. That's what God wanted. He wanted me to be famous in the athletic training world. <laughs> of course that's what he wanted because it's good for me. All right? But understand, this is the question we've got to like, put down on paper if we're really going to follow Jesus is, is this really what you want? And sometimes, you want to know what? The way our lives is, is we have to slow down enough to see if that's what God really wants. Yeah. I go, hold on a minute. Let me chill out here a little bit. It's most of, I would say 99.9% of the things that me and you will do for the rest of our lives are not emergencies. They just aren't. Okay? They can be, you know, parents, I know some of you parents have said this to your kids before. 
If you, if, if, if you want me to say yes right now, the answer is no. <laughs> you ever done that? Like, the, come on, can I go and spend the night over my, can I do this? Can, hey, listen, if you're not going to give me a chance to think about this, the answer is no. You know? We, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, okay? But, but what I'm saying is, is, is this is the whole point. Am I, is my life characterized by what I want? And, and, and let's not say not what you want, because I think that everyone here, we would go, no, no, no. God, here's what I pray. What I want, and I hope it's what you want. What I want, and I, and, and I hope it's not bad enough to make you not let me be your follower. It, what I want, instead of Jesus' simple message of, no, 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 no. What do you think Jesus wanted? We don't know. It doesn't say, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't say. Clearly, he probably didn't want to go to the cross, okay? He didn't want to die. He didn't want to be tortured. I think we can probably, like, stretch it into that, perhaps. Um, but his words were very simple. Is God's plan may be very, like, God's plan may include my suffering, and probably it did. Certainly it did, right? But when we're scared and when we don't know and when all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't even want to look at that. Here's what I'm saying. As a follower of Jesus, this is the practical thing right here is not what I want. And let me put anything I want. Let me put it out there and let it just kind of simmer with you to make sure it's what you want. Let me slow down enough and let me pray enough and let me like follow you enough to know, okay, well, maybe... Maybe it isn't prestige that God is building us for. Right? Maybe it isn't, you know, um, whatever. I mean, you can fill in the blanks. But that's the one thing that stuck with me is that idea of am I praying this? Okay, um, God, what I want and hopefully you want it to. Or is it really like, hold on a minute. Not my will, but your will be done. Like, God, how can I like be like with you to help accomplish what you want to get done on earth. Okay. And it's really interesting because this isn't right. This isn't a theory like Jesus going to the cross and then, and then us drawing something from that. That isn't theoretical, right? I mean, Jesus isn't going, okay, I'm going to the cross. Now that's just a theory for you guys to like, think this is just really great. He's actually already taught about this for me and you, right? Remember what his teachings were? about the cross and his followers and those things. Do you remember what he taught? This should just be one of those things you're just like, man, it is right. Of course I know what he taught. This is what he taught. Do you remember what he taught? Anyone who would follow me? Oh, you're asking. Yeah, yeah. Anyone. 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 So he took the cross. He took his cross. And he said, no, no, no. My followers will do this as well. Like, you will take your cross, you're going to die to yourself, and follow me. Okay, this is what's going to happen. Now, it's clearly, here's the second part of this that I want us to really, like, dig into. The first one is, am I really, do I have that heart? Man, let me just say, we're not there yet. We are works in progress, okay? Be okay with that. If it is destroying you because you're like, oh, I'm such a failure, you're in the right place. (laughs) Believe me, because this is the very reason that Jesus is saying, no, come and follow me. All right, please come and follow me. Our goal isn't to beat Jesus. Our goal is go, you did that, I can do that better. That's not our goal. Okay, our goal is like, oh, you did that. That's why I can follow you. That's why I can trust you. That's why I can I come confidently to you even when I fail. 
right? I mean, this is all like really good news, okay? But there's a way that Paul writes that kind of explains it to us. Turn over to Philippians chapter 2, okay? If you ever want like a, a section of scripture that quite possibly might be one of the greatest like writings on what it really means to follow Jesus outside of the Gospels, Philippians chapter 2. So Philippians chapter 2, in verse 5, he says, make sure your behavior is better than everyone else's. Like, make sure what people see in public is really spiritual. Make sure you know exactly the right thing to say to make people think that you are spiritual. Like Christianese, right? The, the Christian words. Right? Like, we should learn that. If there was one thing I would hope, I would hope, I would hope, is that we would lose Christian lingo. Guys, if we understood what lingo does, we embrace it. Do you understand that it is meant to keep people away? That's why groups have it. It's meant so other groups won't understand. I'm serious about that. I mean, I'm not kidding you. It's this idea of, of, of how we use verbiage. Like, oh, yeah, you said that word. You must be okay. When did Jesus say that? Like, I'm not kidding you. We, we're all guilty of that if we've been around. Like, when did Jesus make that the standard? Oh, he said, you know what he said? Did you hear that word he said? Sold out. He's one of us. He's saved. Like, seriously, man. I mean, please let this trickle down. I'm not kidding you because, it, you know, we think it's cool. And, and, and what it does, it keeps the door closed from anybody feeling about wanting to be around. And the only people that make it are the ones that are going, okay, well, let me learn your language now. So they're going, hold on a minute. What if they made their attitude the same as that of Christ Jesus? <laughs> what if you're like, y- y'all don't say the same words as us, but your attitude is the same as that of Christ Jesus. I hope you make it to heaven. Because you just don't know the lingo. That's great that you have the attitude of Jesus. That's cute. But that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, for somebody that, that will let me know that you're in the club. No, no, no. He's saying, no, no. Every one of us. Make your attitude. Make your attitude. But here's the construction. This is something I'm just going to kind of put on your plate, and you can study out in Paul's writings, okay? He says, who existing in the form of God, this is Jesus. He existed in the form of God, although he didn't consider equality with God as something to be used for his advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave. Here's something that's really awesome about this. So much of Paul's writings uses this construction right here. Although not instead. This is the call of disciples right here. Although not instead. That construction right there. I'm going to show you 1 Corinthians chapter 9, okay? Paul writes this. There's a number of places, but this brings it home to us. Although not instead. Those three words, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay? So this is what Jesus and the way Jesus lived. Although he was God, he did not take what was totally credited to him and totally free for him to use. Instead, he became a servant. That's the construction. You have this you could do. You don't in order to serve people. Okay? That is, Paul uses this so often, and it's awesome, okay? Verse 19, 
1 Corinthians 9, the whole chapter actually is this construction. But, but verse 19, although I'm a free man and not anyone's slave, I've made myself a slave to everyone. You don't know it as a disciple, as a Christian, you're free to do a whole lot of things. You are free. You are free to do some things. All right? He says, although I'm free, although I'm no one's slave, instead I made myself a slave to everyone, although, instead, although not instead. Although I'm free, I don't use my freedom. Instead, I serve. To the Jews, I became a Jew. To those under the law, I became under the law. To those who are without the law, like one without the law, he goes on, to win the law, to, to the weak, I became weak. In order to win the weak, I've become all things to all people so that I, might buy, that I may be by every possible means that I may save some. Now I do all this because of the gospel so I may become a partner in its benefits. This is a guy going, not my will, but your will. This is what it looks like in real life, that although not, or the, although not instead. Okay. It's that idea. It is that right there of not my will, but your will. Although you have freed me from sin, although you continually cleanse me, although you give me the freedom to ignore people, you give me the freedom to not care about people. You give me the freedom. There isn't anybody that's holding a gun to my head and saying, you better love somebody. Although you have, I'm a free man. I don't use that. Instead, I serve. This is what Paul is writing. But he says this, he, said, he goes down and he says um, in chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that this ultimate instead what is verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do everything for God's glory. Whatever you do. Like that's what he wants. Whatever you do. Okay. And doesn't that right now, isn't that amazing how like, that has a boundary established to it. Like whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Okay, so let's say Lauren was like, you know what I really want to do? Rob a bank. I would love to do that. All right? It made me angry. I went to BB&T this morning and the ATM machine was down. I'm like, I just need the ATM machine. I need to put some money in the bank, right? And I, was, and I, I thought to myself, I'm robbing this bank, but I will do it for the glory of God. <laughs> does that work? <laughs> does that work at all? Listen, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to publicly humiliate somebody right now for the glory of God. Does that work? I am going to hate my roommates right now, but I do it for the glory of God. You got to point to the heaven, too. I mean, that's what we learn in sports, right? Because God is up. He's always up. <laughs> right? Isn't that funny? Where is he? I don't know. He's up. I don't know. But him. That's why I scored this touchdown, for his glory, right? This is why I, I don't do anything with the body of Christ, for his glory. I got all A's this semester, but I don't know a single Christian. And so the thing about it is, is, is that idea of he gives this really cool thing. He's like, you know what? Although you have the freedom, don't use that freedom. Instead, be a servant. That's, that's it. That's, that's the will of the Father. That's like, no, no. Jesus came back and he took, although he was God, he didn't use that. Instead, he became a servant. All right? And it's amazing when you study out Paul's writings how often he uses this. Although this, I don't do this. Instead, I do this. Okay? And it's this idea of how we treat one another. But there seems to be like this standard, like there's, 
loving people the way Jesus loved people and being a servant are equal. I know it would be better to go, isn't it just great when I'm excited to see you? Like, that's what Jesus did to me. He would be excited to see me. So that's how I'm going to love people. I'm going to be excited to see people. Instead of going, hold on a minute, Jesus came to be a servant, and that's what we're going to be. Like, if we're following him, could you imagine everywhere he went, he's like, guys, come on, be a servant. Like, seriously. Get away from the fishes and loaves, man. That trick doesn't work for you. You know? Got them trying to make more out of nothing, you know? And he's like, no, 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 come and serve. Although I don't, instead, I become a servant. Okay? Although I could, whatever it is, our ultimate goal is that. And it comes down to really the two questions. Or, or the, even the two statements is, you know, not your will, but my will be done. Or not my will, but your will be done. That's really what we're talking about. That's what's cool about this passage. And, and the thing I've learned is, you want to know what? It doesn't happen in right now. Like, it, you have to wrestle, right? right? You have to wrestle. Has anybody here, have you wrestled before? We talked about this yesterday, about wrestling. Have, has anybody wrestled before? Like on a team or anything? <laughs> right, right. Brothers, sisters. So you kind of know grappling, you know, wrestling and all that kind of stuff. Here's the funny thing about this is, is, is me and you, you want to know what, man? Me and you have got to get really good at this spiritually. And going, hold on a minute. Here's the things that I think, God, you want from me, but I'm going to wrestle with this. And you may not want that. You may want something else. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. What are some things, what comes to your mind when you think of this kind of whole narrative, this whole story of Jesus and he's, and he's breaking the bread and he's, he's giving them the wine and he's walking them to the garden and he's just pouring it out in prayer and, and all of these things. What is it that you start thinking about? What is it that comes to mind specifically maybe in your life where you're going, oh yeah, man, it's, I don't really think this way all the time. What, what comes to your mind that could be maybe difficult, maybe something, yeah? I think for me it's easy to feel like if I've done enough <coughs> survey kind of things throughout the week, then I'm good for me time, and then someone asks me to do something during my me time, it's a death threat, and then I've kind of gotten into, not gotten into it, but I'm kind of in a little bit of a disagreement this weekend, just because of her feeling disappointed, like, hey, I didn't ask you to do that much, and Don't sleep, don't get any rest, 
Don't, you know, just, if you are constantly saying, he's just not happy with me. Okay, if you got that point from this, all right, then go back and study this out, okay? Because we've got to be able to think, because even Jesus was like, hey, I need some time alone. But a need came up, and he met the need still. And being able to understand, like, that flexibility, that shows some real maturity, too, huh? And even what Jacob was talking about, this responsibility of going, you know what? Maybe there's something I need to do better. Maybe my listening to my wife would have been a great way to serve her, even. Like, and that could even help different things, you know? And so there, there is that side of it of we've got to, we've got to understand Jesus so well that we, that we don't just become robotic, Right? And we're just like, oh, I'm working, and you're not working, and, you know, look at how much I love Jesus, and you're just angry. Because you're tired. Right? So, yeah. Um, I, I think of it as, you know, there's, there were things that he did that were serving that just kind of seemed to come easy to him. You know, you know I mean, he, you know, the lady just touched him, and it's like, oh, you're here. You know what I mean? I, I, I really didn't, it, you know, it didn't really cause him a whole right. lot of grief or pain to do that. Um, and so some things I think we're good at, and they just kind of come easy to us. And I think a lot of times the things that come easy to me, I can think of those as, oh, man, I'm really doing a lot to love and serve, doing these things. But those things come easy. It was the things that didn't come easy. That's why he needed to go pray, because he's like, this is what I want to do. I want to just I want to just leave you. But I need to go pray because um, it's gonna, this is going to cost me, and I want some other way out. And... He had to do it three times because he kept going back and like sleeping. He's like, "Really, I'm doing this for you?" And I, that's just me. That's not my interpretation, right? Right. But um, but but that's how. So that but that's how I can get sometimes when I go, "Oh, I've done this thing, and you don't even appreciate it." Not only that, you don't even know what I've gone through to do this for you, or right? I don't even understand it. And, and and I can get, I you know, and then that will keep me from even wanting to just love. But right. I mean, it's a, it's the things that are hard for us to do, which. Things that are easy for Sue sometimes are hard for me, and things that are easy for me are sometimes hard for her. Yeah. And uh, but the the pushing through to love people is kind of yeah. kind of where he is. Yeah, yeah. I think the meat on the bones for me really came from whenever uh, you know just having kids. Um, and for those of y'all that don't have it yet, you know, you, you know we can all theoreticize about how it can be supposed to be whatever. But even just something as simple as like getting home from work. Right, we have the freedom to like come home from work and had a bad day and be able to you know have a minute to decompress and do all these different things. But at the same time, the whole you know not you know we're but we're gonna do this you know taking that time to make sure that you focus on the way home so that when you walk in the door you can be patient, you can be giving. You know, and sure there are times that flexibility happens and you get to decompress whatever. But like there is never gonna be really those times where it's like oh yeah this is my me time, kids. You know. <laughs> you know, because seriously, the time that the time that you think you're gonna get a me time and relax or whatever, somebody gets sick, somebody throws up, you know, somebody gets hurt, you know, or whatever, you know, and like, and you know, it, so I mean, it's really I realize it's still not perfect yet. There's still times that you know, yeah, you, you know, you're always gonna struggle with that because we're not perfect and we're still growing and we get preconceived ideas about how it's gonna go and then you get frustrated and angry. But to me, that was the biggest time of like. The closest thing to putting meat on the bones yeah. of that right. thought. You know? Like it really comes home. Yeah, because like, there is no time off. There is no like, okay, I'm going to have a period of serving, and then, you know, I fulfilled my duty. You know what I mean? It's 24-7. It doesn't matter if you just got off night shift and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, it's not babysitting. It, yeah. You know, it's 24-7. Right. That's great. That's you really great. Kids, you know? <laughs> I like it. Very good. Anybody with night kids want to rebuke that? <laughs> 
But this does challenge me a lot because I, I think I, I do resort to the thinking of this is 24 7. I need to be about other people all the time. Yeah. And I know that's not necessarily true, you know, because I need to have time with God. I need to, I need to have that time, you know, all the time and, and time to reflect, time to pray. And, you know, and, and just also, time to do what I want to do. But, uh, but at the same time, I can't live my life that way. And I can't leave my mindset all the time of waiting. It's almost like, you know, we're working, uh, like, you know, we're about to start back school, uh, working in school. And, and the, the first thing people say, oh, I can't wait until the summer. Or, oh, I can't wait until the weekend. Yeah, it's like, huh? Is that, <laughs> you can't enjoy today? You know, you can't just live? ourselves out, right, yes. with our own language, right? right? I mean, if I wake up Monday morning, and all I'm thinking is like, man, I can't wait till Friday. There ain't no hope for Monday through Thursday, right? <laughs> We've said this to even the college students, it, semester hadn't even started yet, and, and you're going to look at your schedule and go, this semester's going to be crazy. <laughs> you just lost. <laughs> you psyched out already. Like, there's no way it can be good. Because the first day you're like, oh my goodness, and and the funny thing is, you got plenty of time. You really do. It's gonna be okay. So yeah, I mean, so there there is this. I mean, I think what we're even hearing there is is this idea of it does require some time that we've got to be alone and with God and thinking about these issues, right? We've got to have, we've got to put some thought into things, or we're gonna be mindlessly just doing Christian activity without any idea of if, if that's what God wants. You know, because certainly God hates vacation and anything fun, right? <laughs> that can happen, right? You know, I mean, you go, oh, I'm taking a vacation, but please pray for me. I know it's not in the will of God. Here's one of the things I have to be careful of is 
I, I don't want, and I know you're not doing that. I'm just confessing for myself here. I don't want to be on my high horse either. Like, man, I'm so superior to all those who use lingo. And all. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, we're, I'm a part of that, but I really understand what you're talking about, too, where you're going, oh, oh consistent mentoring by Jesus. And, and here's the great thing about it is being really okay with that, of, of, of understanding who Jesus is to the point where he's like, certainly as you learn more, you, there's going to be a higher expectation, but it's not the expectation that you mean you're not perfect yet? You mean you've controlled your anger perfectly? You mean you've done this absolutely flawlessly now? I mean, it's this idea of Jesus going, no, 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 no. Look, in your worst moments, come to me. That's such a cool thing to remember about Jesus. In your worst moments, come. No, no, no. Don't walk away from me. Come to me. That's really good, isn't it? That's really good. And that, it is. That's great news, you know. I don't know what you guys look like from the back, but I'm going to start checking it out just to make sure. Like, hmm. <laughs> Here, here's one of the things. If, if, I, if, if when I walk in anywhere, what if everywhere I walked in, my singular goal, okay, and understand what I'm not saying, okay? Keith isn't saying, okay, this is what I do every time, okay? But I'm going, okay, what if this was my goal? I don't care who is in that room. I'm going to love them like Jesus loved me. I don't care how they sing or they don't sing. I don't care what they look like or how they, that's just, I don't care. That's what I'm going to do. But that would make life even easier, wouldn't it?